Steelers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. How are you doing today, Cody? James, I'm doing fantastic. It's another day in paradise. Just got home from work, hopped on here, talking to you about work and all the fun things in life. And uh, I'm doing well, James. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Can't complain. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you could, but who would listen, right? (laughs) It's getting warmer. You know, it's not so frigid cold. It was 81 today. Yeah, yeah. We had like 60-something the other day. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that was was a real joy because it was back in the 20s today. So, Yikes. (laughs) It's that time of year. I can't be surprised or upset by it. That's true. If you are, you're just being unrealistic if you live around here, right? Yep, very true. Uh, let's go ahead and start off, James. We're going to talk coaching yeah. news. Middle linebacker yeah. coach. Speaking of unrealistic, I guess it was unrealistic to expect the Steelers to sign Aaron <laughs> Coach Curry as a linebackers coach and not make a corresponding move. We all thought that was the case, including all the major Pittsburgh media reporting people. Uh, but what ended up happening was Jerry Olsowski, the longtime Steelers middle linebackers coach, uh, was not retained. His contract ran out it expired they chose not to extend him Uh, when you look at the recent history of the performance in the middle linebacker position i guess it kind of does make sense Uh, you know you have devin bush kind of underperforming versus what we were hoping to see from him and a lot Uh, of people are making the claims that maybe devin bush gets a pass and they bring him back under a different coach Uh, you never know so. You never know. But even like last year, they draft Buddy Johnson, or was that two years ago? Two years ago was Buddy. Two years ago. Uh, and then, you know, one year later, he doesn't even have a team. Uh, they're just having a tough time developing these mid and late round lockers. And you figure somebody's got to stick at some point in time. And when nobody does, then you start looking at either it's an evaluation issue or a coaching issue. Yeah. Uh, so the easy way out is just to not fire him, but to not extend him with yeah. his contracts. So. And who knows, maybe Mark Robinson could be the middle linebacker they draft in uh, that goes somewhere. Little, little yeah. foreshadowing to what the main topic is today. We are going to go over the 2022 NFL draft class and how we think they played in their first season. And then on top of that, we're going to grade them and, and on their performance and their expected performance a little bit with what we think they're going to happen uh, or what they're going to do. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, wouldn't that be something though for Aaron uh, Curry if his his first project that he's working on is Mark Robinson and Mark turns out, you know? Yep, I'd take it. I'd take it for sure. Mm-hmm. Listen, someone else that works out a lot, the guy you may not know, his name's Christian Kuntz, okay? The man works out so much that he kept his job as the long snapper this year. <laughs> I don't know. They brought him back. They signed him to a one-year deal. Pittsburgh brought the long snapper back. You need a long snapper, James. They matter. You, you do. They, they definitely matter. Ask the Cincinnati Bengals Oof. for their week one performance. Shots That's fired. I'm, I'm going to talk about that for the next 20 years probably. <laughs> uh, just because it's fun. Uh, not that we have any Bengals fans listening to the podcast anyway, but if we True. did... Sorry about your lack of preparation. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Sorry, Eric. We're moving on now. (laughs) Richard, maybe? I don't know. Uh, No. No, not that Richard. Richard from Best Buy, Richard. Oh, that Richard. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's a Bengals fan. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Christian Kuhn's not that he was an amazing long snapper, but he also wasn't awful. Uh, We didn't have any snaps go over anybody's head that were not fieldable. All the... Uh, field goals, extra points, whatnot. The uh, the hold was always able to be brought down, regardless 
of how askew it may have been. I expect Pittsburgh to bring in some competition for him this year. Uh, and this is just kind of standard operating practice here. You're not going to give a long snapper a qualifying offer on like a restricted tender or, uh, or an exclusive rights or anything. Cause nope. they're going to have to give them two, two and a half million as to where you can just sign them for the minimum, like normal. And then it gets like 900,000 or, or a million or whatever. I'll sign a minimum deal. Sense. I'll learn how to long snap perfectly for you guys. If you guys bring me on Pittsburgh, 900,000. Um, I'll take it. We're gonna we're gonna have to beef you up a little bit. I can uh, please just, help me. Just a little bit. A little, <laughs> if little I was bit. making nine hundred thousand, I could afford some time to be in the weight room. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> so yeah, Christian Kuntz returning. We'll see if he gets any competition. Won't be surprised. I kind of expected. Uh, speaking of people in their opinions as to whether or not they would like to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, new reports say that Mason Rudolph is actually open to the idea of returning to Pittsburgh next season. Uh, now, it seems that Mason did a really good job, in my opinion, this year of saying all the right things, regardless of how bad his situation turned out to be. Yep, uh, I'm sure he was not real happy about being the third stringer, and I think him being open to returning would be kind of contingent on Mitchell Trubisky no longer being on the team, because I don't think he wants to be the number three. 100%. Uh, but. But yeah, I mean, as as a backup quarterback, you could do a lot worse than Mason Rudolph. So if if Mitch was able to be traded and get some assets in return, some mid round draft picks, where Pittsburgh has a hole in this upcoming draft class with no fifth round or sixth round pick, then man, if you could fill that in and get a fifth or or a sixth for for Mitch, and then just bring Mason back on the cheap, hey, you're saving eight million in salary cap space and. And uh, filling in some draft picks, I'd be down with that. I'm all right with that. And they'd probably use one of those picks to draft another quarterback anyway. So it works Why out. Not? Yeah, it works yeah. out. Yeah, you need three. So you do, and we only have technically one that wants to be here and is actively here. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want volunteers, not hostages. Yeah, for real. But speaking of the other two quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about them. Yeah, Kenny and Mitch held a workout with almost all the wide receivers down in Florida, including uh, Connor Hayward, who is a fullback, mm-hmm. tight end, hybrid receiver, whatever you want to call him. He's an animal. Um, but Kenny and Mitch were, and especially Kenny, showing off some accuracy. Uh, James, I don't know if you got a chance to see some of the videos, but like Kenny's looking good. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Easy throwing on True. air to <laughs> receivers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kenny's got. Kenny's fleet. Uh Canada, this is this is a good sign for what what quality of team player Mitchell Trubisky is. Mm-hmm. Uh this is his home down there. He's the one that has the property. Uh he's the one making the arrangements for all this stuff. Uh so pretty awesome that even though he knows he's not the guy that's going to be starting next year, he's still making sure that there's a place for all these guys to practice together. Um nice seeing Calvin Austin the third down there in this group. No indication as to how extensive his participation is, but it seems as though he's a full go or at least close to a full go. Deontay Johnson there, George Pickens there, Sims there, Gunnar Olszewski there. Uh, sounds like Miles Boykin might be there. Your boy Cody White was there. Let's go. So like dang near everybody's down there, uh, which is great because, you know, the more these guys can get on the same page, then you just – maybe a start off the beginning of next season the way he ended this season on a four-game win streak, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be upset with that. Not at all. Not at all. I'd love that very much. So, again, like you said, 
they just got to stay out of the trouble they got in last year. If you remember last year, I do. when these guys all got together, that was, was it. When the was Blaine it Claypool? Haskins happened. Oh, Haskins. No. That was Haskins. Yeah, yeah. Haskins was on his way back to the airport after being down there for this whole thing, and yeah, partied too hard the night before, and then tragedy struck. Yeah, on his way to the airport. So these boys need to keep it under control this time. I know you're going to party at some point in time. But keep it under control when you do so. And have an Uber ready. You can yeah. afford it. That's for sure. It's fine. Yeah, you all can for sure. Uh-huh. Um, someone else who can afford an Uber now, Jameer Jones signs a one-year deal, so he has got <laughs> some money. Uh, but Jameer Jones will be staying in Pittsburgh for at least another year, depending. I mean, they can always cut him and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. they'll bring him. He'll ride, he'll ride into camp at the bare minimum. Uh, so that's oh, yeah. another yeah. person that we will have on the team. And then another news, the scouting combine starts Thursday. I'm stoked about this. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm stoked, but I forgot. Like, I didn't forget about it, but it just snuck up. Yeah. Like, I did. Well, I was, I'm not ready for it, James. I'm not ready for the combine. Yeah, they're starting day one with defensive linemen and linebacker. Great, because I think Pittsburgh is going to have a lot of interest in both those positions. So straight out of the gate, we get to see guys uh, that Pittsburgh probably will draft in both positions. Uh, and then I think they finish up with running backs and O-line, I think, is the last one. I think it goes D-line and linebackers, and then we get to see uh, defensive backs, and then I think it's like quarterbacks and wide receivers and then the other guys on the last day. So yeah, um, excited to see it. Definitely uh, you, you get to learn a lot. You especially get to see some names that you're not familiar with. Um, and then you get the final piece of the puzzle on some of these guys. Like for me, for example, I'm really excited about Joey Porter Jr. being there. I want to see what his 40 yard dash is. Yep. If this is somebody that Pittsburgh is very seriously considering, which I assume they already are based off of his, his, his body, like height, his length is incredible. We're expecting him to be 34, 35 inch long arms kind of guy for a corner. That's insane. Yep. Bloodlines. Uh, and then his man, press cover ability which is the principle of what pittsburgh does they're a man heavy defense yep and it hasn't uh, worked very well recently <laughs> but it depends on who you talk to because well, some of these guys fair. really shut down the people they went against for like 15 weeks out of the year last year it's just we had a couple of weeks where you know aj brown absolutely <laughs> torched us and and then uh, i think uh, jamar had his way with i think jamar got us the second game, game yeah. big time yeah yeah, so other than that, though, they pretty much shut down most of the other wide receivers the rest of the year. So True. Uh, it was a pretty decent pretty decent performance by our corners last year. Just we're looking for that number one guy. We're looking for that guy that when you have that game against the Eagles, when you have the Bengals twice a year, you have somebody that you can match up against these number ones. And, and maybe not completely shut them down, but at least – hold them to moderate performances where it's like four or five catches for 40 or 50 yards and no touchdowns, you know, yeah. you're happy when you can get one of these, not two or three touchdowns like AJ like Brown. That. Oh yeah. What was it? Three touchdowns. I think like it was three. Yards. I think it, it was, was stupid. Three. Yeah. I, I'm almost positive. It was three. <laughs> yeah. He just, yeah. He owned us on that one. So looking for that guy that can, that can neutralize a person like that. And it's important. What are, what are the measurables of these guys? Cause these, a lot of these corners weren't at the senior bowl and they weren't at uh, the East West shrine bowl either. Yep. So we got to see what are, what are the arm length? What is the 40 yard dash? How tall are they? There's questions about Devin Witherspoon, Akello's younger brother 
a lot of people have him as the number two corner in this upcoming draft class, but I've heard anything from five, nine to five eleven on his height. What is he? Yeah. If he's five eleven, I'm interested. If he's five nine, not in the first. No, no, because he he'd, he'd only be able to come in and corner. be able to play slot. You can't you can't have yeah. a number one play at five nine. Um, no, it almost never works. No, maybe he'd be the first. We'll, we'll have to wait and find out. But now it's yeah. time to get to the meat and potatoes, James, as you would like to say it. The meat and potatoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the main course. The main party time. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk the 2020 NFL draft, Pittsburgh Steelers specifically. We're going to go down the list of guys that were drafted and even an undrafted guy that you guys all should know by now um, and kind of just talk about their season, give an overall performance, and grade them. So, number one, obviously, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, came in, didn't start, uh, came in, was behind Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky had some off games, got hurt a little bit, got dinged up. Kenny came in. Kenny went out. Kenny came back in, and uh, Kenny finished up the year pretty, pretty good, uh, in most opinions. Having what two of the last three games were fourth quarter game winning drives. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it was like five touchdowns to one interception in the last six or seven games, mm-hmm. so, um, and a couple rushing touchdowns on top of that as well. Yeah, not gaudy numbers by any means, but as far as a performance from a starting quarterback that is a rookie that. You know, give the all the situations that we had with certain things. I think he came in and played very, very well. Um, I'm more excited about Kenny Pickett than I think I had intended on being at this point in his career. Because, because honestly, I didn't expect him to play. I mean, I would have, I wanted him to play a lot of year one, but when they made the whole thing for Mitch, you remember that I was, I was big on the fact that I thought Mitch could play. I thought Mitch could perform. I thought we might be able to go yeah. somewhere with Mitch. Um, and it just wound up not being the case, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, but Kenny Pickett has a, a lot ahead of steam going with him into year two, his sophomore year in the NFL. And if Calvin Austin comes back and is healthy, and if George Pickens can figure out the you know the certain the connection they had or didn't have or hot and spotty here and there, but his amazing catchabilities. If Deontay Johnson comes back and remembers how to play football. Every NFL team needs to watch out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's because of Kenny Pickett and his ability to make plays and his ability. And, and the best way that I can describe it before, James, I'll let you have the floor. Um, Kenny Pickett looked like a more reformed version of Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. He had the ability to play backyard football, but still did it in a way that you could tell he wasn't just playing backyard football. Ben, oftentimes, you'd yeah. watch him scramble around and whatever, whatever. But Kenny was so precise on, okay, can I pass this here? Can I wait a second? Can I run? And like his his decision making toward the end of the year again, five touchdowns to one interception. That's great. So uh, I'm excited for Kenny. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Tony the Tiger. He's like great. <laughs> so I, I'm also pretty excited about the pick. Uh, by the way, after I speak on him, both of us are gonna give a uh, letter grade A through F. Uh, you can go A plus A, A minus B plus. You get the idea all the way on down. No point in putting a plus or a minus on your F if you're going to give somebody one. Uh, anyway, but uh, Mr. Kenneth Pickett, I'm pretty stoked about it. You know, I uh, going into the draft class, I felt like his accuracy 
and better mobility than anyone was giving him credit for gave him an opportunity to really be something at the next level uh and what has me most excited for going into next year is his clear ability to learn from mistakes and learn from coaching as the year went on uh, early in the year we talked about him running out of bounds when he should have been throwing it out of bounds so that he didn't lose any yards yep he learns the next week takes care of the issue um then we talk about he's scrambling and maybe he's not looking down the field to throw the pass. He's just looking to scramble and he's getting great scrambling yards, but he needs to keep his head downfield to try to, to get that open receiver after he extends the play. And then we start seeing him do that. Then we're talking about, are there, are you doing any audible, any hot going on? Then we start seeing the audibles. Uh, we start seeing connections with players like George Pickens in, in key situations. Uh, we see his chemistry with Connor Hayward. Uh, you can tell he's got an insane amount of trust with Connor Hayward, uh, both coming on on the same rookie class. So I'm excited about what the future can hold with Kenny. Uh, I think he showed an excellent ability to progress. It was almost like seeing three years worth of progression in one season. I thought it really was just the way he kept on learning and evolving. And evolving season long. I like it. Um, at this stage, I'm willing to give that pick a B plus. Uh, I don't necessarily want to go all the way to an A. I think there's still a lot to be um, looked at as far as what are we going to see in the future? We're going to see what we get year two out of him. Yeah. Uh, he's got basically all of his weapons coming back uh, in his entire offensive line as well. Uh, so I'm excited about what the future holds. I think he can really turn into more than that. But right now I'm willing to give Kenny a B plus as far as grade on the pick. Yeah, and so I guess I need to clarify this too before I give my grade. We're we're rating him as a player, correct? Or are we rating the pick as well for for yes. the position? Okay. Yeah, kind of a combination of both. Okay, I I think I would go. I was leaning B plus, um, but I think I'm going to go with a B only because of if I look at the draft and you see how far the next quarterback fell in that draft. Um, Malik Will Willis was picked in what the third round. So there's no, yeah. there, it, it's not. I'm not saying Kenny would have lasted that long or even to the second round. Um, but when you have the second wide receiver coming off two rounds later, it's it's hard to say. So I'm going to give Kenny a B, uh, knowing that he can potentially be more coming. I mean, he's got to be more. We know that. Uh, yeah. You want to start off with George? Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Pickens was somebody I was really high. I thought if Pittsburgh was going to get George Pickens, this is the wide receiver from Georgia, obviously. Yep. Uh, I thought they were going to have to get him in the first round. I did not think he would be available by the time Pittsburgh picked in the second round. So when that happened, I about lost my mind that day. Uh, I was very excited to see him get drafted. Uh, and then it was kind of like a slower start. And as the season went along, he started to get more and more involved in the offense. But what was constant from the beginning of the season through to the end of the season was his incredible ability to make ridiculous catches and his ability to know where the sideline is and make sure his feet are inbounds before getting the catch, which is something he could probably teach Deontay Johnson, honestly. Uh, but it's just an instinct with some folks. Uh, either you have it or you don't. And he seems to absolutely have that along with an incredible catch radius. Uh, I think it was an excellent pick. I think if you were to use like a value chart at the time, most folks would have had George Pickens going long before where that slotted pick was. Uh, and it, because of that, I would put this as an A minus. Uh, I don't want to go any higher than that because as of right now, 
to see still that next step, right? We need to see him catching 70, 80 balls a year. We need to see 1,200 yards. We need to see 10 to 12 touchdowns. Then you can start talking about A and A plus, in my opinion. But right now, off of what we saw out of his rookie season, I am very comfortable going A minus with George, and I loved the pick at the time, and I still love it now. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you with the A minus. I was I was teetering between a B plus or an A minus. Uh, but what makes it stand out to me is George Pickens' tenacity and his ability to block. Um, how many times did we see him in college just blow up cornerbacks? And even now in the NFL, multiple that. times, um, he'd just run up to somebody and he would just push him and he'd stop. Like he, It's almost like a, ha-ha, I got you moment. Um, <laughs> gotcha. and it, it's a personality trait that I think he has that he's like, even if I'm not a part of the play where I'm going to be a target, I'm going to make sure that I'm noticed. I don't care if it's a selfish thing. I don't think it is to clarify, but I don't even care if it is like he's doing work. He's making sure that he does his job every single time he gets the opportunity to do so. Um, And so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a B plus on. No, you know what? I'm going to go a minus. I did. I'd said that I'm sticking. And that's why I'm sticking with it is because of that. Um, And I'm excited to see what we're going to get out of George moving forward for sure. Uh, DeMarvin Leal, the next one, round three, pick number 84 overall, uh, the defensive end out of Texas A&M, down near me now. Um, <laughs> honestly, would have liked to have seen more from him this year. We saw a decent amount. I would have liked to have seen some more improvement. I feel like he struggled um, to get to the to passer. I feel like he didn't do a whole lot. in, And, I, I mean, obviously he was drafted as a defensive end, but we saw him play – um, I mean, we saw him in the nose. I think a few times he was in there. Am I wrong? Uh, I think he was a little bit more outside linebacker than he was nose. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, of Adams. Leave me alone. I'm thinking of Adams. I don't know why I'm thinking of Demarvin Leal. Um, but yes, I I would have liked to have seen more from him to be able to come in and and play and counteract the T.J. Watt injury and counteract you know the the rotation between Alex Highsmith and all these guys. DeMarvin Leal came in, and I think he – did he have a sack on the year? A sack and a half? I don't think he got any on the season, okay. honestly. So, I mean, I'll for do, all – I'll double-check it while you talk. Go ahead. For all the reasons um, that I just don't think – as a third-rounder, typically you want to see a third-rounder and even a fourth-rounder be able to come in and, and make an impact. Maybe not immediately and, like, consistently throughout the year, but at least enough that it was worth the draft pick. Um, and as of right now, I'm not seeing that out of DeMarvin Leon. I'm hoping that he has a stellar year too. I'm hoping that his sophomore year, he blows up and he comes in and he's a great situational player, whether that's putting him on specific downs or distances or whatever, um, or just a guy to give Highsmith or TJ a rest. It would be nice to see him come in and be able to play that edge position very well or that outside linebacker position very well um, and hold the edge. But I'm going to give him... Uh, a C minus in my opinion. A C minus for Cody on DeMarvin Lee. Uh, and in, in this whole thing, I, I agree very much. So with a lot of what Cody said on this, when, when they drafted him, I was stoked. I was like, here we go. This is going to be that running mate for Cam Hayward. You know, they had him listed at six, four He seemed like he had decent length. Uh, didn't measure great at the combine, not a great bench press, not a great 40, not a great jumping. Uh, but his tape showed somebody that was very explosive, uh, and you were excited. And I felt like early on in the season, he got a little pressure on the quarterback. Uh, he registered three pass breakups, which were all batted 
passes. Did not get any sacks, unfortunately, on the season, but he did register a blocked field goal against the Buffalo Bills. That's true. Uh, he did do that. Five. So uh, he did get involved there, but I wanted to see so much more. What I wanted to see is who's going to be that next guy that can help Cam get to the quarterback. Um, like in previous years, I was really excited about the development of Henry Mondo. He was an undrafted player, had a lot of juice when it came to rushing the passer. He always got pressure. Uh, he had some nice spin moves and stuff, and and you didn't expect a lot out of him because he was undrafted, but boy, was he 100% effort, uh, and you at least got some pressure on the cornerback when Henry was on the field. Um, I didn't see that much out of the Marvin at all, and I feel like part of it was week one, they're going into the season, and here's what you're and then T.J. Watt blows his peck out, and they're like, crap, we kind of need you to play linebacker. So how do you feel about trying to drop a little bit of weight as the season goes on here? And we're going to change your role a little bit, and we're going to line you up outside a little bit more. Uh, and by the end of the season, he looked to me like he was probably right around 270, 275. Uh, just very thin-waisted at the end of the season. Not that he was ever a, a fat individual, because he wasn't. Um, but he just looked thin by the end of the year. Uh, and he was wearing like long sleeves that were really baggy. So you really couldn't tell how dense he was in his upper half either. Uh, so what I want to see in year two is what are we doing with the Marvin Leal? Yeah. Are we beefing him up and playing him as a defensive end slash defensive tackle? Or are we telling him, hey, get that weight around 265, 270. Let's make you an outside linebacker. And then you can be the top backup outside linebacker to TJ and Al. Yeah. I and need I to know what way this is going. And again, <laughs> sorry, I thought you had. No, we're good. And again, yeah. I think it's important to also reference he did tear his meniscus this year. Um, he was yeah. injured for four to, I think it was like four to eight weeks, somewhere in there is that normal yeah. time frame. But he was got, he was out a good portion of the season. And so obviously coming back from that, he wasn't probably 100%. Uh, yeah. So I, I yeah, don't get me wrong. Same juice. Yeah. My C, what I give him a C minus C. You gave him a C minus, yeah, and, and that, I'm gonna go with C. I'm real close to you on this. Yeah, I don't feel like he was bad while he was out there. I just wanted more. It left me wanting more, and and I liked a little bit of what I saw at the beginning of the season, and then I felt like it kind of faded, and then after he came back from the meniscus, just not as much juice as what you saw. I liked his effort. I liked his running to the ball. Uh, when they started using him more at the end of the season as almost more of an outside linebacker, I felt like he did a good job pursuing to the ball, forcing you know plays back inside of him, that sort of thing. Uh, I just want to see more, and I think that we will with a, an entire offseason of him working out and them telling him, hey, this is the position you should focus on, so do this with your body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's That's what he needs to know, and he needs time to do it. And I think we'll get a better year two than a year one. But I don't think it was a bad pick. I don't think it was a great pick. I think it was in the middle. If you looked at the draft class the year before, a lot of draft experts had to Marvin Leal as a top three prospect on the defensive line. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh ends up getting him in the third. So, you know, from that perspective, it was a great value. Yeah. Uh, but I can't give him any higher than a C because it's just the performance wasn't there. Yep. That's going to make the next pick, next guy real hard to talk about. Calvin Austin, the third in the fourth round, number 138 overall. Uh, didn't play. Didn't see anything from him. He didn't play all single year. Uh, but you know what? I'm giving him a D plus because he's. <laughs> I think we should be fair to Calvin and give him an N.A. 
not applicable. That's fair. I feel like we can't really judge him because we got absolutely nothing, not even a single preseason. True. Game. I, I guess the and reason no fault of his own. Yeah, the reason I'm giving him a the reason I was gonna give him a grade is because at the bare minimum, he's like a he's like a draft pick this year. Yeah. So like it's basically just saying, hey, I can't judge you yet, but you're on the team. Uh, which I guess, you know, is an NA as well. But uh, Calvin yeah, Austin the third. I think let's be fair to the young man. I don't want to give him a Yeah, when when he didn't even get a chance to prove anything on the field. A plus. Boy, I'm with you. I'm excited about this. It, it is absolutely like having an extra draft pick in this upcoming class. Yep. Uh, and it is possibly even a reason that Pittsburgh may not go wide receiver in the draft class because they know they have Calvin Austin the third coming back. Uh, so really excited about what he has in the future, knowing that he's that low four, three forty yard dash kind of speed, which we haven't had in Pittsburgh since Mike Wallace. Uh, that's the last time. Dree Archer. Dree Archer. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyone that actually <laughs> played on the field. <laughs> Other than kickoff. <laughs> yeah. And even that he didn't do good kicks. No. Um, the one thing that I will say about Calvin Austin, the third, um, or the other thing I'll say is, you know that the the coaches are hitting up Kenny and Mitch saying, "How is how's Calvin looking? Like, yeah. how does it feel throwing to him? All this, like, you know, they're doing their due diligence mm -hmm. of uh, reaching out and seeing how that's going." So, yeah, they're, I bet they're all over that medical staff on how's he looking, how's yep. he running, yep, is he cleared, how's he progressing? Are we gonna have him in spring ball? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So no yeah, fifth round pick for Pittsburgh last year, but we did have a sixth round, James. Who was that? Dang right. It was Connor Hayward, baby. And we were both excited about this. We called for it. I don't know how many times in our drafts. We said, give us Connor Hayward. We think it makes way too much sense to not happen. Uh, and there it was. Pittsburgh took him in the sixth round and really made both of us pretty happy in the process. And not to mention one Cam Hayward. That's always smart to keep that guy happy. Uh, but Connor then showed it on the field. Uh, and it is rare to get any kind of contribution out of a sixth or seventh round pick, in my opinion. Uh, and I feel like they definitely did. Connor was able to contribute on special teams and kick coverage a number of times getting tackles. Uh, as the year went on, we saw him getting more and more involved in the passing game and receiving. Uh, still has some work to do as far as his blocking, but he's kind of a smaller guy when it comes to that. He's around six foot two thirty two. I think they have him measured. Uh, so I want to see him beef up. Uh, whether they're going to play him at tight end still or whether they're going to transition him to fullback to replace Derek Watt, whatever the plan may be, he is going to need more beef. I'm uh, pretty so sure we see him. Did we not see a play where both him and Watt were in the backfield? <laughs> did we I not see that? Yeah, let's give me a beefcake formation and two fullbacks with, with Najee at 245 pounds that, behind the two of them. That's right? what Philly did. That's what Philly did <laughs> yeah. on their QB sneaks, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I, I just want to see him with a, a whole off season with professional weight room, with professional uh, nutrition, with professional uh, help from your, your weight staff, right? Your strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, when these guys can get you really aiming to where you're supposed to be, I think we're going to see a completely different body shape uh, from Connor Hayward. Not in a bad way. I don't think he's going to put on bad weight. Uh, but I think he's going to get a little bit thicker. Uh, and I think this particular pick for me, uh, I'm at a, uh, I'm going to give him a solid B. Uh, I feel like it was just tremendous value for the sixth round. You expect a guy like that to just sit on the bench and not really play at all. 
Uh, and we got good contribution from him. He showed great hands, great coverage ability on kicks, uh, and the potential to contribute more. So, so I'm going B on Connor Hayward. I'm gonna I'm gonna go above you on this one. I'm gonna go B plus. Um, All right. For for the value there, the sixth round. Oftentimes, you're not thinking of somebody who's going to be starting, which he wasn't. To clarify, it means starting special team. No. Um, yeah. But oftentimes you don't think about first off, most teams don't have a second string fullback, which technically he is on top of that. Most teams don't get their third string tight end involved, which he did. And he was, and then he was a phenomenal special teams player. He was, Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he literally impacted the, the game on two different sides of the ball, including special teams and offense. And then, which you could technically call special teams defense, quite frankly. Uh, But, but honestly, he came in, he scored touchdowns, multiple on the year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he scored two or three. I know he had the one against Atlanta. Uh, but again, James will look this up as I'm talking. But it's not yeah. often you bring in someone like that who has an impact that quick. And I think the fact that he gelled so easily with the team as a whole, and then later in the year with Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's he's made, I mean, he caught balls in triple coverage already. He's made phenomenal plays on the ball. He's gone up and he's done, uh, things that you wouldn't expect out of a sixth round draft pick to do uh, in their first year, to clarify, this is going strictly off the first year. Um, and so I'm, I got to give Connor Hayward the B plus on this uh, arguably one of the greatest picks I think we had in this draft. And he's a freaking fullback tight end. So you got something. He had one touchdown. One tutty on the year for him. Whatever. That, one, that beautiful catch over the middle. Yeah. Uh, but Great contribution. Like like you said, I mean, he had that catch. He had a 45-yard catch at the beginning of the year. It was a long catch of the season for most of the year. Yep. I think it didn't get beat until the end of the year on that. Uh, and then we saw him, uh, what was it, the last game where he had that, that reverse out of the tight end set where they gave it to him, and he, and he sealed the game. Game ceiling run, and then he, he slid down to stay in bounds and keep the clock running. Just mature beyond his years. Uh, and way more than you expect to get out of that late of a pick. So that's why both both of us are so high on the pick. Uh, as high as we are on that one, the next guy, one Mr. Mark Robinson. We had two picks in the seventh round of first one, linebacker Mark Robinson. One of the things that really popped on tape when you watched his college tape, which was only 10 games at the position. Yeah. Uh, he played middle linebacker for Ole Miss for just 10 games, uh, was a running back the rest of his career. Uh, but he really shined in the game against uh, Malik Willis when Ole Miss played them. That was a game that I got the opportunity to watch, and I watched it because Pittsburgh was looking to draft a quarterback, and two of the top quarterbacks were in that game. So I wanted to see it, uh, and Malik looked horrible in the game. And then you pointed out to me closer to the draft, actually after the draft, you yeah. said, guess who that was that was was shadowing him the whole game? That was Mark Robinson, and I said, holy crap, we got something here, man. This is a, a kid that basically had his way with most teams in college and really was unstoppable. And in that game, he couldn't get anything, including he couldn't get past the line of scrimmage when he tried to scramble. And a lot of that was due to the abilities of Mark Robinson. Mark didn't get a chance to play much uh, through the season, but did contribute late in the season uh, when Pittsburgh had some opponents that were going to be run heavy they decided to try something different instead of just beating their head against the wall, doing the same thing that hadn't been working time and time again, right? Went to a different formation and let Mark Robinson play, and he shined. Yeah, he did. Uh, a little bit, a lot better in his first appearance than in his second one. 
Uh, but we got to at least say, hey, there is some reason to be optimistic on this guy. We're looking forward to seeing what he can contribute next year. There's a possibility he even earns a starting job opposite of Miles Jack. We'll see how this goes. Uh, but uh, I'm optimistic about the future. The 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 human torpedo nature that he has in him, his ability to hit somebody and explode into him when he does it. Uh, and he's just very, very bursty. You know, when he decides he's going to go somewhere, he gets there quick. Um, so when it comes to Mark Robinson, I'm thinking a C plus on him. I like the value and there is still hope going into the second season that he could turn into even more than this. Uh, we could be doing a, a review next year of this class and both be talking about him as a B, even an A pick if he continues to progress. Yeah, uh, but I want to see hear your input on this, Cody, and where you you would judge that pick. No, I I love the pick. I'm going to go right there with you with the C plus. Um, I think for the value of have you know a lot of team seventh round picks don't make the team. Uh, they they wind up riding the a practice squad all year long, and oftentimes it's not even the team that drafted them that they ride the practice squad. So the fact that Mark Robinson not only wrote not only made the team and and played, uh, but the fact that he had a, a decent game in that first showing was huge. And I think, again, something like you said, something to look forward to moving forward. Um, and I'm excited about Mark Robinson. I'm excited about his ability to be that that heavy hitter middle linebacker because I just don't think we've had that in a while. Devin Bush was that a little bit his first year, and then we didn't see it much mm-hmm. afterwards. Miles Jack, in not really. my, no, not that. We saw a little Vince bit of that was, Spillane. Though. Vince, yeah, Vince Williams Vince, was. Vince Williams was a hitter, yeah. Um, but... I'm I'm excited to see what Mark Robinson can do and if how this new middle linebacker coach can maybe uh bring the best out of him. So I'm I'm right there with you with the C plus grade. Uh the next guy, round seven, last pick of the draft before we do an undrafted guy, Chris Oladokin, quarterback out of South Dakota State, didn't play all year, didn't make our team wrote a practice squad. Pretty sure he's with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. He might have a Super Bowl ring. Uh so that's pretty interesting. No, excuse me. He does. He's blinking. He does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're welcome for putting you in the NFL, Chris Oladokun. The Pittsburgh Steelers welcome you to the Super Bowl era with the Chiefs. Um, it's hard. I, I Again, this one's not injury related, but with Calvin Austin, the third and everything, I'm going to rate it an NA just because. Um, but I think the value at the pick was, was very good um, for a quarterback that, you know, would have been riding the, the practice squad. So, uh, on this one for me, I'm going to give him a evaluation. Uh, and as you said, he really didn't get a chance to prove anything as far as games. Uh, I don't know if he even played in the preseason. He didn't. Honest, he didn't. He, he did get to participate in practice and he never showed enough in practice to get a real opportunity. And part, part of this is on the coaching staff for not allowing him the opportunity and not figuring out the quarterback room earlier. Had they figured it out earlier as yep. far as, okay, this is our guy, this is our two, this is our three. Now let's see what we got in Chris. Yep. You know, it would have been really nice to see him get a chance to maybe play the whole second half of the third preseason game. Because he could have been the three. He could have been the three. Yeah. He could have taken over. And I, I have to feel like they could have gotten something in a trade for Mason Rudolph. He could have gotten a fifth or sixth for him, I would think. Yeah, because uh, somebody needed a better number two quarterback than what they had, and he would have been an upgrade for a number of teams. Uh, but it, it, here we are. You know, unfortunately, I feel like it was a a draft pick 
not wasted because they they were looking at it saying, hey, we're drafting our quarterback of the future early, but we do need a backup quarterback of the future. And probably the guys on the roster aren't it. So I think that was the idea behind it. Well, and you discussed it too. Roster spaces. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Not being able to protect guys on the practice squad and not being able to protect him to get him to the practice squad is where the issue came to. Uh, so I, I think they had every intention of when they cut him attempting to to scoot him onto the practice squad and then carrying him. And then probably this coming season would be his opportunity. I'd love for him to have the opportunity right now coming back with the Steelers. But instead, he's going back with the Chiefs and he might be their number two quarterback. Uh, so sucks that he didn't really get a, a full opportunity. Uh I'm giving it a D grade more because of the Steelers front office kind of botching that one. Uh, but how mad can you be when it's a late seventh round pick? It's not really completely wasted, uh, but, yeah. but there it is. Nonetheless. Now the last guy that we're going to talk about here, not a draft pick, uh, but you do have to lump him in to this draft class, or at least this year's players of rookies. He's in the rookie pool. Jalen Warren running back who, completely undrafted to passing up every running back on the depth chart other than the first round pick in Najee Harris um, had some fumbling issues early in camp and they went with the old school high school treatment and told him, here's the football, carry it everywhere you go. If we see you anywhere without it, you're getting fined. <laughs> and, and if anyone is able to strip it from you and they are invited, and encouraged to try to do so everywhere you go you're paying a fine so i love the old school mentality on it uh, that uh, and it seemed to work because he definitely fixed the issues uh just a hard-nosed runner great burst you really didn't expect to see that kind of burst out of an undrafted guy like that um and then the running backs coach for the steelers eddie faulkner actually said that they had him rated as something like their seventh or eighth best running back in the entire draft class. And then he goes undrafted and they're able to actually pick him up um, afterwards. So tremendous pick up there. Cody, I'm going to let you grade him first and I'm going to let you talk on him first a. before I throw a grade out there. Hey, it's an already a. done. He's, <laughs> He's an A. a. Um, and <laughs> so the, that's why you're putting your hands up. You're giving me an A. I was not Y, <laughs> not M, not C, but A. Um, but A. But A. Uh, yeah, Jalen Warren, in my opinion, is the highest rated one. And and obviously, it, it's the value. It's the value there. If you draft him at, in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, his value is pretty decent. It was a B-plus performance, you know, B-whatever. The fact that he went undrafted, the fact that we were able to pick him up on a dirt-cheap contract, the fact that you're able to bring someone in that can not only uh, be a great adjacent back to an, an counter to the Najee Harris running style. Not that he runs soft, like you said, he's a very hard-nosed runner, uh, but he's a little bit more speedy and quick to the hole than Najee is. Yeah. That on top of the fact that he can also uh, pass block and pass oh. block fairly well. A, Real well. A. Yeah. Um, I, I can't. Yeah. How do you go from an undrafted guy to being the trusted third down back because you're so good at pass blocking? Yep. That's impressive. Yep. So that's, I mean, the only thing that's keeping him from an A plus is the fact that he didn't, um, you know, he wasn't in the end zone a whole lot. He didn't necessarily um, win games for us or anything like that. But the, I mean, his play style, his abilities, uh, the, the undrafted, you know, price tag on him, it's boom, A, easy. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on this. I'm also going to give him a 
Um, I was a little unsure as to where I was going to go with it. Right. To get that kind of value, to get a guy from undrafted, you usually expect an undrafted guy that makes the team just to be that, you know, weekly inactive, that fifth string wide receiver, that, that backup offensive tackle that doesn't even dress on Sundays or, you know, the backup corner that maybe plays as a gunner, like something like that. But this was the number two running back and he was the third down back and he contributed heavily and he got great explosive plays and he he provided some punch when Pittsburgh needed it. So uh, tremendous. If Pittsburgh can get back into the habit of finding undrafted talents like him once a year, uh, that's that's how you really win. That's how you win. When you're you're pulling in guys like that, you get back to the old history of finding guys like Ramon Foster after the the draft and finding your James Harrisons and your Willie Parkers and these guys that aren't drafted and then end up becoming starters and very good starters at that. I mean, James Harrison might end up a a doggone Hall of Famer. Oh, he will. He will. But yeah, so that's that's the draft class. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Side note news before we end the show. Uh, ex-Pittsburgh Steeler Heinz Ward did get his first win as a head coach in the XFL uh, for the Dominant Sa- fashion too. San Antonio something or others. The Brahmas. Brahmas. The Brahmas, baby. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. They whooped the crap out of him. I'm going to reach out to him. He, I, I'm an hour from San Antonio. Maybe, maybe him and I can have lunch. Uh, <laughs> there you go, do lunch. Do, do some lunch, man. We'll figure you know it who, out. Who got the first touchdown of that game and it was not for Heinz's team? Who? Eli Rogers. That's right. Wow. Former Steeler. First touchdown catch of the game with the Eli Former Steeler and Giant, if I'm not mistaken. Did he go to New York afterwards? I think he went to New York afterwards. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, they said he had five years in the league. Dang. But yeah. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up this episode. If you guys uh, think we graded incorrectly or want to drop your own grades, let us know in the comments or DM us, and we'd love to talk about it on the show. Uh, Again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Deuces.